Okay, welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system. Discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Now, we have been covering point by point the 11 points of group sanity from Mr. L. Ron Hubbard based on his landmark article of 14 December 1970 entitled Group Sanity. Now, today we are tackling number eight. Now we're getting pretty close to the end here. So, eight of 11 points. Shall we review the seven points we've already covered? Um, why not? For those of you uh, who have not been listening to this little sub-series, each new episode, I drop a new episode every week, is covering a different point on the 11 points of group sanity. So anyway, here we go. Uh, so we have hiring. was number one. Number one, hiring. Number two, training. Number three, apprenticeships. Number four, utilization. Number five, production. Number six, promotion. And then number seven, which we just did last week, sales. So that's seven points so far. So we've got one episode devoted to each of these subjects so far. And these are not just points of sanity. They also show points of insanity. When the points are in, in other words, being handled properly, we have sanity and prosperity. And when they are being mishandled, in other words, quote, out, end quote, we say the point is out, which is all too often the case these days, we have insanity in groups. And we all know how insane groups can get. <laughs> now, knowing the 11 points and staying alert to them in any organization will ultimately create a fabulous, smooth-running group that is a pleasure to be a part of. Imagine that. I know I get sort of a bit sarcastic on the subject, but I've actually been part of a lot of great groups, but I've also been part of groups that weren't so great. So I know wherever I speak and I know how tough groups can be on people. But the point is that they don't have to be. Just know these 11 points well. And when you see any of them start to slip, get busy setting them right. And you'll have that awesome Swiss watch-like business you've always dreamed of. Okay, so now let's get busy with point number eight. You can do a lot of things wrong in a business and still get by. Might get rough and things might get tight. But as long as you're doing this one thing right, you can make it. Reversely, however, this subject is also the great Achilles heel, the great weakness. Don't see to this point and you will ultimately lose your business because it is the one thing for which you will not be forgiven. So we're going to go over it carefully. And in particular, there are a couple of immutable, immutable means uh, unable to be changed. Comes from Latin, mutare means to change. You have mutation means changing. But immutable means they will not change from here on out. These are immutable laws. And then we're going to be covering those. And so when I do, I ask you to please take special note of them when we go over them. Because you're going to need them. Okay, enough build up. What are we talking about? We're talking about the eighth point and that point is a subject of delivery delivery d-e-l-i-v-e-r-y okay per our friend mr oxford the word means to provide something promised or expected see it's simple it's a simple thing you just provide something that's been promised or is being expected 
The example they give isn't a great one here. It says he had been able to deliver votes in huge numbers. These days, that might be taken a bit funny. But anyway, that's the example they give. He'd been able to deliver votes in huge numbers. Comes from the Latin de, which means away, and liberare. Probably you're starting to figure this out, which means to set free. So when you're delivering something, you're releasing something, you know, you're letting something, you're delivering something, you're, you're letting it free from you, I guess. But also, in many cases, it's freeing for the person you just gave it to. You know, they're in a better place and a better position. They're uplifted or they're more able to survive or prosper or feed their, themselves or take care of themselves or whatever you have. So that's deliver. Actually, a pretty cool word when you think about it because it's connected to the word freedom and to free, liberare. So Mr. Hubbard says here, point number eight, delivery. Failure to deliver what is offered is standard procedure for groups in the humanities. How about that? Go to uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, philosophers. You know, I come to thee for great wisdom. And you may leave with something less than what you had expected or you were promised. When you're dealing with the humanities, of course, you're dealing with a lot of intangibles. And this is one of the reasons why the Hubbard management system is so successful and so popular because people are discovering that you get what you are expecting. You get what is offered and what you're promised because they are based on formulas and laws and fundamentals that uh, are, to use that fancy word again, immutable. So anyway, as I'm sure you're discovering as you've been listening to Business Wise. All right. So he says failure to deliver what is offered is standard procedure for groups in the humanities. Commercially, it is well in hand. How about that? So he says commercially, it is well in hand. And well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because uh, if you look up the word commerce, it comes from uh, the Latin mercs, merc, merchandise. We, that's slang these days. There's no merc. Where's the merc? Anyway, uh, merchandise, merc. And Latin, of course, com, which means together, together with mercium which is merchandise. So it comes from the Latin word commercium, which means trade or trading, mid-16th century. From French, from Latin, commercium, trade, trading, com, together, mercium, merchandise. So there you go. So it, it has to do with together exchanging and giving things back and forth. So Mr. Hubbard says here, in, under this point of delivery, that commercially it is well in hand. Well, of course it is. Of course it is, because if you're not delivering what's expected or promised, how long are you going to be in business for? So as a general rule, commercially, the subject of delivery is better dealt with than in many, many other areas, particularly, as Mr. Robert says here, the humanities, where it's, you know, you're promised all this kind of stuff and you don't get it. Uh, you know, areas of um, feel good type, you know, philosophies and, you know, eat these and you'll be happier or whatever. It, it, it's just not particularly being delivered in the humanities. But commercially, yeah, it's pretty well in hand. It's, it's, it's being more or less looked after and for good reason, because if you're not delivering what is expected or uh, promised, then you're going to run into trouble with your business and you probably won't have a business for very long. So he goes on to say this, delivery. The subject and action of delivery is the most susceptible to breakdown in any organization. Any flaw on the sequence of actions resulting in a valuable final product may deteriorate it or bar off final delivery. Listen to that sentence carefully. That's not the law. I'm going to cover the law in a minute, but it's interesting that 
if you're there in business, you're delivering something, okay? Whether it's a service or a valuable final product, or you're delivering furniture, say, or you're delivering a well-cooked and presented meal in a restaurant, this is all delivery. And he says here, any flaw on the sequence of actions resulting in a valuable final product may deteriorate it or bar off final delivery. So take our restaurant example, the purchaser is not doing a great job. That's part of the earlier sequence of actions. He has to purchase the meat or the steaks or whatever, and they're not quite the quality that is being demanded. He's not competent enough to make sure that he's ordering inadequate quantity or quality. So now the chef has got to deal with an inferior breakdown, basically, because he's not getting what he needs in the earlier sequence. So now the valuable final product is deteriorated or might even be barred off entirely. I can't use this meat. We're not serving steaks tonight, right? So then he goes on to say, there are many preparatory or hidden from public view steps on a production line. When any of these break down, delivery is imperiled. Given the raw materials and wherewithal to make some valuable final product, the valuable final product should occur. Listen to that. Given the raw materials. I've got the raw materials and the wherewithal. I know how to do this, and I have the, the equipment to do it. With those things, the raw materials and the wherewithal, which would include, of course, knowledge plus some, the, you know, whatever tools you need, you got those two things. You should be able to make the valuable final product to occur. You should make it materialize. with those things in. So then he gives you this law. Listen to this. All capital letters. When a valuable final product does not get produced and cannot be delivered, repair the earlier steps of its production. All capital letters. You're looking at, you know, you are building homes. They're not coming off as expected. They're not coming off on schedule. They're not coming off on budget. They are inferior in quality to what you were promising or what the, the customer was expecting. Realize that that valuable final product has been imperiled or perhaps barred by some deterioration in the earlier sequence of products. When a valuable final product does not get produced, and cannot be delivered, repair the earlier steps of its production. So there are earlier steps in the construction of that home that have been omitted or have not been done correctly. Now listen to this, and this is very important and very seldom done in most wise member businesses. They create a product that's a problem. You know, there's a customer calling up, they're complaining. Generally, the boss has to go figure it out and handle it. And, you know, nobody else knows what to do with it. Flip it over to the boss, flip it over to the owner to handle the complaining customer. Because he's the only one who can seems to be able to, or she's the only one that seems to be able to set it right. So then they do, they set it right, they make some promise, it becomes very expensive to deliver because now they got to repair something because the earlier sequence wasn't correctly done. So now they got to go back in and redo the foundation. You know, you built a whole house and there's problems with the foundation. Now, wow, you got a problem. You got to go in there and start fixing that foundation. And uh, after the house has already been built, I have a, a member who has a construction company who was just dealing with that very issue. Okay, it's expensive. They, they lost pretty much all the profit they made on that, that one job. And so they correct the job. But here's what he says here. Here's what Mr. Hubbard says. Repair the assembly line before the valuable final product. The subproducts are called subproducts. The subproducts are less visible, yet they add up to the valuable final product. Okay, now, I don't even remember if I went over this with a member or not, but did he go and review 
the earlier subproducts, the earlier sequence of steps to see where did this go awry? Obviously, something went awry. Something caused the valuable final product to deteriorate or to bar it from final delivery. It was an earlier step. If you know your law, you know it's an earlier step that got mishandled and was not handled correctly. You now must, 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 must go in and find out what that problem is, or you're just going to repeat the problem next time. You're correcting the problem and you're correcting the sequence of steps. Okay, so then he gives you another law. The law of the irreducible minimum. All capital letters. The law of the irreducible minimum occurs in all delivery problems. And then he explains it a bit. He says, someone is trying to produce only the visible end product of a post or production line and neglects the earlier contributory actions and products as these are not plainly visible. Oh my gosh. I tell you one area I see that common, common, and that is in the area of sales, gross income. You know, you got to be a genius to make money around here. Why? Because all anybody sees is the check coming in. That's the visible part, right? Where's the check? Here's the check. Good. Visible. We got the product. You know, the, the salesman got the product. But what did the salesman have to do? Salesman had to stand on his head in a corner for 30 minutes and, you know, do all these acrobatics around the customer to get him to understand why he should buy that product. You go, well, we got the product. But the, the problem is that the earlier sequences, the earlier steps are not being done, which is why the salesman has to stand on his head, you know, or cut these weird deals. You know, you, you familiar with those? <clears throat> Don't tell me you're not. You know, some kind of now, well, yeah, we got the product. Here's the check. Oh, thank goodness. There's the check. Hey, wait a minute, something's wrong with this check. What's wrong? Well, it's about a grand less than what I told you we were selling it for. Boss, you got to understand, the only way I was going to get this lady to buy this thing was by cutting back the price. It's just too expensive. And then the boss goes, oh my God, you know, and then he starts to correct the salesman maybe, but what is out is probably an earlier step in the sequence of steps, an earlier subproduct that results in that valuable final product. Does the boss then go and inspect, okay, what's our promo look like? Uh, what, what kind of public relations is being done? Who's answering the phone and how is it being answered? And how are our customers being led onto the lot? And how are they being treated once they get here? Are, they, are people being rude to them? These are all earlier steps. Examine every single one because those earlier ones deteriorating are deteriorating your valuable final product, but you're only looking at the check. You know, the other parts aren't visible. How did Mrs. Smith get greeted when she walked onto the lot? I don't know. You know, it's not a bad idea to have uh, someone walk in. There's a term for it, escapes my mind at the moment, but, uh, you know, where a person comes in acting like an interested customer. How does the reception or receptionist deal with that person? You might be amazed to discover that they are dealt with briskly, rudely, or have to stand around and wait before anybody gives them any attention. Not uncommon. Now, you want that person to now go onto the sales lot. Already, the salesman has got a bigger job ahead of them because now they've got to compensate for the fact that that earlier step or sequence was not done. Or maybe the promotion is poor. PR precedes promotion. If you've been listening to any of those episodes, you know that. So there's no PR for the place. They only are, you know, people are just looking for the best price when they walk in there because there's no PR. There's no PR about how we've got the best service. We got the best this, the best that. So they're coming in looking for a deal only, and you got to chop off $1,000 because a PR job is not being done. You follow. Mr. Harbour gives you some great examples here. He's going to talk about uh, food, cooking, which is a great way to demonstrate this principle. 
He says, um, when an organization or its posts operate only on an irreducible minimum, production goes bad and delivery crashes. And he gives this example. Take a cook who has his post at an irreducible minimum. Food is appearing on the table. If you reduce just one bit more, the food would no longer be edible at all. He neglects purchasing, menus, and preparation. That these occur is invisible to the diners. They don't see, well, how is it purchasing? Ah, I'm eating and enjoying this steak and you know, this steak freak, you know, the fries and the steak and the sauce. And, um, but, you know, something, you know, this tasting funny. How is the purchasing? They don't ask how the purchasing is. They're not aware of the purchasing. It's invisible to them. You must have a crummy purchaser. They don't think like that. Customers aren't going to think like that because it's invisible. Menus, like, they don't know how good a menu planner there is back there. Figuring out the menus and preparation. You know, who's doing the preps? This salad tastes like your salad prep guy is, you know, off the rails. They don't see that. What they see is the food on their table. So irreducible minimum. The chef does this not, despite the, the fact that there is no preps people at all because they all got fired or they all quit or they were all... They were never trained in the first place, or the purchaser is a drunk or whatever it is. He's somehow making the food appear on the table. It's not, it's a deteriorated valuable final product, but it's visible. And you go, well, what's wrong with the cook? The food doesn't look very good. Must be a problem with the cook. He's operating now at the irreducible minimum. Uh, Mr. Harper goes on to say this. That these occur is invisible to the diners. That food appears on the table is visible to the diners. If the cook operates at any less than he is, no edible food would be visible. Hence, irreducible minimum. The food served will be bad, but it will be visible. <laughs> invisible to the diners, actions aren't being done. So it's like, why do we need a preps cook? Why do we need a purchaser? The cook's all obviously messed up. This is a, an ignorant approach to the problem because the guy is operating on irreducible minimum. Okay. To improve the food, this is Mr. Arbor now, to improve the food, get the less visible actions done emphasized. Get the sequence of actions all done. The result will be improved food. Mr. Arbor goes on to say, a being hopes lazily for instantaneous production. It doesn't happen this way in the messed universe, messed universe, physical universe. Kind of synonymous, mess is matter, energy, space, and time. You take those first letters, it makes a word messed. That's a reference to the physical universe. He says, it doesn't happen this way in the messed universe. Things are produced in a sequence of sub-products which result in a final valuable product. Hope all you want to. When you omit the sub-products, you get no valuable final product. He's emphasizing this strenuously. And it's very, very important because if you omit this approach or this awareness or this knowledge, you will have delivery problems. And if you have delivery problems, wow, you can compensate for a lot of things. If your promo is a little whacked, your sales aren't the greatest, you know, these other earlier points, obviously, if you want to have a sane, smooth running organization, they all need to be in. But boy, this one, if you omit delivery, you're going to be in big trouble. He goes on to say, when the people in an organization do not know the valuable final products of the organization. And when a person on a post does not know the final products of his post, a condition arises where no organization delivery will occur. Or if it does occur, it will be poor or costly. So, hey, look, 
you need to know the organization's valuable final products, but every single person in your organization has to understand what their sub product is that contributes to that valuable final product, or you will observe that this delivery point will go out and you will start to have insanity. You will have psychosis in your group and your products will suffer or may stop altogether. He says it is vital that a person knows what his post final products are and what his unit section, department, and division sub-products are and how his own and each of these contribute to the valuable final products of the organization for actual delivery to occur. Hey, it's a high awareness. People on your team, in your group, they better know these points. You know, it should be expressed on your organizing board. If you've listened to the earlier episodes on the organizing board, you will know that it is a sequence of sub-products that leads to the valuable final product. It should be stated on your organizing board. And your employees, staff, team, whatever you want to call them, should all be very, very tuned in to that organizing board, know where they are and what their products are or their sub-products are and how they flow to the next, to the next, to the next to result in the valuable final product of the organization. If you can get this in, man, life becomes a lot more livable in these groups. Then he goes on, he says, delivering other than valuable final products or useless final products or final products that need constant correction also adds up to non-delivery. There you go. There's the guy who purchaser didn't buy enough, you know, uh, tomatoes. I remember one time I drove a truck and we were delivering produce and occasionally I would run into a situation where the purchaser didn't buy enough tomatoes or something like that. I'd have to go into a supermarket, get this, go into a supermarket and buy a whole bunch of tomatoes, put them in a cardboard box and deliver them to the restaurant that was expecting this box of tomatoes. But because the guy who'd done the purchasing hadn't done his part of the earlier sequence, the earlier step correctly, we lost, you know, a lot of our profit for that particular run because of that earlier incompetence. And we didn't know enough to go back there and sort that sort of thing out. So it just kept happening again and again. And of course, the company was, uh, I wasn't my company. I was just randomly working as a truck driver for a while, but it was just interesting that I can now observe what was wrong with that company and why it was in such difficulty because the, the person wasn't predicting correct on the uh, purchasing. Anyway, so a couple more uh, final points here. Mr. Hubbard says, a whole civilization can break down around the point of delivery. So can an organization. Since money can be looked upon as too valuable a final product, it can actually prevent delivery. Yeah, watch that. Oh, we can't spend any money to enhance delivery. That can get you in trouble too. Failure to deliver is the one point beings do not forgive. I repeat from Mr. Hubbard, failure to deliver is the one point beings do not forgive. The whole cycle hangs upon delivery. Deliver what is promised, when it is expected, and sufficient volume and adequate quality is the first maxim even of a group in politics or the humanities. I think that bears repeating. Deliver what is promised when it is expected in sufficient volume and adequate quality is a first maxim, even of a group in politics or the humanities. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the government had some concept of what their product is and actually analyzed the earlier steps to achieving that valuable final product and made sure those earlier steps were actually getting done and corrected? Talk about a deteriorating product. Talk about products that are way too expensive to deliver because of earlier incompetencies. Oh, well, we can just tax folks more or go into bigger debt. Don't you wish you could run your business that way? No, you don't. But yeah, it'd be nice if we could have limitless debt in our companies like the government does. Seems to think that that's, that's okay. And well, it ain't okay. 
Trust me on that one. All right, so that uh, that covers this delivery point. And um, hope this was a benefit to you. If you liked uh, what you learned today, hopefully you did learn something. If you learned something, <laughs> write us a comment. Give us a like. Send us a word. Info at wiseeastus.org. We love to hear back from you. We try to deliver and uh, set free this information and set you freer with this information. Uh, and we always appreciate your feedback. Okay, so that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you again next week.